No, no, no. I'm going to get here. Hey, thanks for another edition. Thanks. I'm thanking them for another edition. I'm the one that kind of did that. Thanks for joining us for another edition of Chronic Conversations. Uh, as always, I am the host, Jerry Anderson, a.k.a. Jerry Leonard, here with my co-host and beautiful wife, Jen. Say hello, Jen. What's up? She's just back off camera a little bit. And joining us uh, shortly will be the Monster Cyrus. Uh, going to do a shout out real quick. Let me pull up my buddies. This first live feed, first live show, so bear with me. All right, where you at, buddy? All right, this is a shout out to Movement Radio. Uh, they're another great podcast. Uh, Movement Radio is a podcast where Chip Hazard, Talon Williams, and Roger Sierra talk music, sports, battle rap, comic, haunted places, urban legends, family life, and much more. We can assure you that you will either learn something or laugh your tail off. Uh, I can tell you right now, all three of those are great guys, and they're very interesting, and you should definitely check out that podcast. Now, just a few little things coming up for Chronic Conversations. Um, May 19th, we have the Comic Coco joining us, 21st. We have Sean Thompson, and it's 4611 Boxing Promotions. Uh, a gentleman's going to come talk about that and some pro fights that are coming to Chattanooga. Uh, the 26th, we have Suitman, who is a promoter and uh, stand-up comedian as well. Uh, we have some other great guests and, and upcoming guests we're working on. We also have uh, some some live casts coming out. One of those uh, pro boxing events, hopefully the uh, weigh-in will be able to be at that, doing a live cast. We also have something at a place called Level Up where there's some great bands uh, from, um, well, there's uh, Joey Wadded's going to be there, uh, Chris Crunk, Sam Stedman, um, Good Grief, a lot of great guys, a lot of great bands. Uh, there's pool tables. Uh, pinball machines, all kinds of uh, different fun stuff to do there as well. It's adults only, and that's uh, the 18th. Uh, we got two Panama City specials coming up June 30th and uh, 4th of July, and we'll talk about those more a little bit later. And now I'm going to bring on our very, very special guest now that we uh, busted him out of the Japanese prison, and he has so kindly agreed to stop swatting at airplanes and climbing buildings. Mr. Simon hey, man, how's it going? Thanks so much for joining us, brother. Hey, man, right. thanks. It is great to have you. Um, so we we actually have quite the history going back. Yep. My brain's not so good at remembering those things. You're a little bit younger and, and, and a little bit thicker skull and taking a few less headshots. So um, about how long ago is that, that that we first met in UAW? What, what year was that? Or can you remember how many years ago? Ali, that was... Oh four, oh five, I think. Wow. Yeah. So about years ago. Yeah. <laughs> that was amazing. I, ha I have a list of places that, that we've kind of connected on, and I'm going to ask you some questions a little bit about uh, each. I've also had a couple of requests, uh, something about injuring a little person and something about a biscuit head. So we'll get to that stuff later, too. All right. <laughs> All right. So first, uh, these are some UEW memories. Um, that that's where we met. That's the second place actually I wrestled. I by time length, I was probably a veteran at that time, but by knowledge, I was still so fresh and learning myself, but yet I was kind of in a teaching position a little bit too. Mm -hmm. So, so we, uh, trained together. I helped train you, you helped train me kind of thing. And, and, you know, some MMA, some technical stuff. But one of the things I was working on you with, I thought it would be really awesome if you could um, do the DDT plant. Yeah. <laughs> so I just discussed this with you and, and, and you know, you talking to an elder trusting me and, and thought that would be a good idea yourself at the time and decided you would try it. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, so we went over it and went to do it. And uh, instead of uh, the kind of uh, uh, straight up and down. Uh, we got pretty much uh, put your head through the mat, right? Right. Yeah. 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 And it's and it's it was it was so impactful. We talk about to this to this day. Um, still feel bad about it, but, but <laughs> you, you did learn how to properly take a DDT. So there's that. And since that day, I feel like your career skyrocketed. So you know, you're welcome. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah. <laughs> I was just thinking that whole time. I'm like, I got to make it look real. <laughs> It looks so real. You sold that so good, sir. I did. I did. I think I sold it really well. So <laughs> I, I, I think if that had been in a match, they would have really bought that I knocked you out. Yeah. 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 
was a definitely a star seer. <laughs> uh, what what do you remember? What are some of your fondest memories about UEW? Ali, I just man, I loved the back room. Like, I don't, you had all them, all the older guys. Like, you had Kenny, and then uh, you had Woody. Skinny Kitty Arden, yeah, Woody, Big Wood, Greg Collander. Yeah, uh, Chucky Chuck, of course. Chucky Chuck. Yeah. Man. Man, uh, Rawhead Rex, of course. Rawhead Rex. Yeah, that was, golly, I, Jamie <laughs> Kyle. That was. Jamie Kyle. That was a, it was a wild group back there, man. It was. <laughs> it was a real outlaw show. It was one of the last. <laughs> Real outlaw shows, I, f- I feel like. You know, every, nowadays everything's an independent show, but back then there were some independents and there were some outlaws, and that was definitely an outlaw show. Yeah, yeah, there was uh, a lot of great stories at that show. I mean. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so, some that we may be under legal obligation not to tell, and, and some that we may we may get to for sure. Yeah, um, yeah. That is, that's, that's definitely the one of my memories is it's the first place I ever had what's called Hunch Punch. I had some people who I didn't think were my friends tell me to stop drinking because I was going to, you know, I had a, a match and was going to be physical later. And then I had those other friends who I thought were friends who were not were telling me, eh, drink as much as you want. Don't listen to them, blah, blah, blah. And I learned one of my early lessons is don't drink that much uh, hunch punch and which friends to listen to. Is there any kind of lessons at, at that stage in your career uh, 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 that you learned throughout NUAW? Yeah. Yeah. I learned, uh, you know, it's pretty big. Don't, don't get a buzz before you go out there and do a match <laughs> right? right. <laughs> because you look horrible. <laughs> yeah, you, you, you think you're more relaxed and you're going to be better, but it's, it's one, it's dangerous. Don't do it. Yeah. And, and, and two, it just makes you 10 times more horrible, right? It does. It does. You, you think you're flying and it's like, no, man, you've been doing the same thing for 10 minutes. And yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm blown up. <laughs> yeah. We, we, all we've done is locked up, brother. Yeah, I know. I still can't breathe. We're going to rest here a minute. All right. Let's work this. We got to we gotta hold it down. So. Yeah. Let me catch my breath. I'll pull you in a headlock. Yeah. We're like that night. Um, I remember when uh, Larry Popper, he had, golly, he probably drank a 12 pack before his match in that hardcore match. Yeah. As soon as he gigged, I just saw the blood every time. Shooting out. Out. I was like, well, he went deep. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Not in a mer- metaphorical level. We're talking sometimes you go a little too deep, and, and most people have either had a, a, a crimson mass they hadn't exactly planned on or a little extra bleeding. I was just going over a story with Jen the other day about um, I, I only did one too deep, but, you know, it's one where you had buddies coming and everything else. Yeah, I, I already knew I was going over, so I was, I was really psyched for it, so I just – a little too excited, went a little too deep and started squirting out. So uh, we do a thing. I throw him out of the ring to give me a minute to kind of recover. And I look up the referee. I said, grab me a T-shirt. He goes, why? Like, what the fuck you mean? Why? I was like, so I can stop this bleeding, shooting out of my head so I can finish the match. Just get me the shirt. (laughs) (laughs) You ever have any problems like that? Like people don't understand how important a good ref is for a match. But can you talk a little bit about the, the third man in there and how important he is to you and, and you having a good match to kind of give them some props. Golly, man, he's, he's a, I would say he's a staple of your match. Like, because he has to remember so much for say for me to get the story over. Right. Um, if he's not staying on me or anything like that, I mean, it's just, it's definitely a skill set that I definitely respect him for just because, right. I mean, Golly, trying to think of all the matches I've had where it was crucial at that time for that ref to make sure his back was turned or um, make sure he took a bump the right way. That way he could come back in at the end. So, I mean, it's it's pretty big. So, but, you know, something that I would like to tell all the refs, like, especially the younger ones just getting into it because mm-hmm. you get with some of those veteran refs, they don't care what the finish is. If you don't get your shoulder up, they continue counting. Right, yeah, yeah. And, I, you know, I try to tell workers too, you know, don't bury the ref. Right, right. It's, uh, I, I hate seeing that, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Every, everybody has a crucial part to the story, and, it, and if you crush their part to the story, then essentially you don't realize it, but you're ruining your own story too. Yeah. It's true. 
It's it's like heels that want to be too cool and don't want to put their faces over. It's like all you did was make it look like if you did win, who cares? And if you lose, who cares at that point? Yeah, yeah, exactly. But it, if you pump that guy up as, as Superman, and then even if you cheat to beat him, you beat fucking Superman. And if not, then I lost to Superman, right? Oh, uh, exactly. So, I mean, I, I always tell everybody, the guy you're facing, if, if you go out and start calling him a little punk, he can't do nothing, and you beat him, well, all right, yeah, you beat that guy that you already said couldn't do nothing. But right. they'll beat you. You just got beat by that guy. So you just right. put yourself. So yeah. I just, I've always been, always been big on that. So. Yeah, just, I have too. It's, it's, it's about, it's really, it's about the dance. It's about the story. It's about the, the match getting over. Uh, and if both people do their job, if, if the, if the heel gets heat and makes the face shine and, and the, the, the face knows how to, get glory when he needs to, then it's, you're going to tell a great story and you're going to have a great match. It's, it's, it's when you start have falterings in that communication to what's supposed to be going on and, and the general psychology of a match and, and what you're trying to do with it, then it feels like you're pulling against something. Is, is there a type of size person, faster, taller flyers, big guys like you that you like to work that makes that a little easier to, to tell a story for you or, or can you, are you at the point now where you can just tell a story with anybody? Um, I, f- I feel pretty good, pretty confident about being able to tell stories with anybody. Um, I agree. Like big guys. I, I enjoy working big guys. Um, I think I really enjoy working Logan Creed the most when he and I work. Um, yeah. It's just because we have the same mindset. Mm-hmm. So, well, we both listen to each other. It ain't, it ain't like two heads clashing or anything like that. Right. It's like, hey, let's make it look good for these people. So you get the right dance partner, everything looks beautiful, right? Yeah, yeah, yep. So, but then um, you know, I love working smaller guys because there's such a good story mm-hmm. there too. Like, right, David then, Goliath. Yeah, you can mix that up any day, like any mm-hmm. way. You mix it up anyhow you need to, and. Yeah make it make sense so yeah yeah we i mean we've done it where i I was the heel and you you were the face so (laughs) there are stories to be told and ways to tell a story as long as you do it that makes sense and i think that's one of the arts that's missing today is is making even even within wrestling and 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 as far out as they go but just kind of making things make sense um is that still something you feel like because you're more out there than I am nowadays. Is that something that's even important backstage now? Or are they just trying to get their moves over because Granny's there to see them? <laughs> I, I think it's it's certain shows. Uh, you know, certain shows. You know, they want it. They want it to make sense. They everybody right. tell a story. So mm-hmm. uh, I'd say it's a mixture. I mean, you still have what you call it, the young boys and stuff that they want to go out there and do a ton of stuff and it just right it i don't i don't know i've always said you could go out there and do 500 moonsaults but mm-hmm. at the end of the night if you didn't make that memorable or anything like that then what did you prove right well, whereas i could go out maybe work a headlock and then uh do maybe one or two big moves and people will remember that more Cause you, yeah, you, you make it count as, as I was just thinking, as you were saying that, you know, um, if I'm wrestling a guy like you, your size and, and I'm, I'm the face and you're the heel, I, I don't need to get moves over. What I need to do is get over by getting one move over. Right. Exactly. Because you're so big. You're such a monster that if I can, if I can make you swag, if I can do anything, if I can penetrate the armor just a little bit, then to me that instills hope that, I can do something that I can do more, which would lead to people wanting to see us more uh, versus if I get in there being my size and just bounce you around like a rag doll, then why is any, you know, then it, then it kills both of us. And yeah. I, I don't think a lot of smaller guys understand that um, um, from a bigger guy. Uh, what's it like to have to deal with that? Sometimes you have littler guys that want to do a little more than, than, than would, add legitness to it even you know i always say in the far off spectacle that is pro wrestling i get it some of the stuff we do is out there but <laughs> we still try to you still want people to suspend their disbelief even in today's wrestling right 
Right. Yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, I've had guys before ask, like, want to body slam me or something. And I, I just look at them in the back and I'm like, well, go ahead and pick me up here. That right. Do it. So, yeah. And they're get like, get me to here. <laughs> you like, get me here. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, so they, uh, I tell them to try to pick me up. Usually, you know, they can't and they're like, well, you're, you're going to post, right? And I'm like, well, you know, the way I was trained, if there was a move, you, you do post for anyone, but they should physically be able to pick you up. Yeah. If they can't pick you up, then there's, there's no need in doing it. No, no. So, it would have to be the blow off spot to the biggest angle ever. And there still have to be, you know, his tag team partner slides in and helps him from the side, but still, yeah, because again, there's ways to tell a story and still add the realism to it, right? Yeah, yeah. It's like if if he wanted to suplex me, and then at the end he got his partner in there too. Well, finally you've doubled the weight, so you probably right. weigh as I do at that time. Yeah, y'all finally get it over on me. You know, I just I think that's what makes sense in in wrestling. You know, so it, it needs to be believable. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and I'm so glad because there, there's still certain guys that I like to watch from the smallest, what they call, you know, even some of the shit shows, there, there's some talent that shines through uh, uh, from there all the way up. There's still guys, and and that's what makes me proud is when I see guys that still care about the realism. I, you know, it's it's I have no problem with any certain style. I don't have a problem with high-flying style or new style or old style or you know, big man style or technical style. Um, I think there's a place for everybody. Everybody has their niche. Everybody has their things that they like. Um, I, agree. I agree completely. So just on a preference basis, wh what are some of the kind of matches you like to, to work best? Mm, I, I would say big man style, you know, or uh, well, you're a different big man too. So you, you people who have never seen you, they need to understand you're a super, super athletic big man. Like you're not, you're not all, I mean, it's not like you've never used a big boot or a choke slam, but you're not all big boot and choke slam, which is, is, is what you typically think of. Like you, you, you were so more, I, I don't know how old school people are, but uh, uh, akin to a Vader or a Bam Bam Bigelow, some of the really super athletic guys. So, so how is that why you like working bigger guys too? Cause you could work some of that in, or do you figure out ways to work that in against smaller guys? Yeah, I mean, and I find ways to work that in against smaller guys, like, you know, the Claymore, where I leave my feet. And, you know, a lot of people, they can't believe the air that I can get when I jump up and I'm right there at your side. Don't get your hand up because <laughs> it's coming. You just got to feel it and then go mm -hmm. with it. And, yeah. uh, you know, it, it's, that surprises a lot of the guys and stuff, or, or uh, they'll call a spot where I need to get up real quick and, they don't realize that I'm pretty quick in the ring, and all of a sudden I'm, I've met them there at the ropes, and they're yeah. like, "Crap, <laughs> how to get yeah. there?" <laughs> I, I I get that more now than when I was younger, just because I'm so old now, and I've even like telling a few of the other guys it, it, you know, it stops them how fast I still am, and they're like, "Oh, okay, okay, yeah, yeah." <laughs> so that's, that's, that's funny when yeah, there's there's not that glint in their eye, you know that that acceptance, but ah. Uh, yeah, it, and you know, there, there's the big guys that I've worked and and all that, and then you know, I do a, I, I enjoy doing like a T-bone suplex off the top rope, and, and what what's neat is when I grab them, at first they freak out because I I, I legit just pick them up where they can't, uh, they're not touching yeah. ropes, and then I power them over. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, they're usually like, they're like, man, I I couldn't post and. Um, I was like, no, it's fine because the way I've set it up, if I mess that up, it turns into you splashing down on me. Versus right, right, right. And then nobody gets hurt. The other way, I just get you over and I, I throw you over my head. And it's a, it's usually a pretty pretty flat landed simultaneously. Yeah. So good bounce, you know. So. Well, for your size, too. I mean, I've worked you in everything from hardcore to tag team to singles. Yeah. And you've never you, – uh, here's what I tell people. We hurt each other in the ring, but we don't injure each other. And you've never injured me ever. Um, very safe, very athletic. And, and 
it's one of the things I've explained to people. I have a low center of gravity. So for some people, even though I'm not real big, I can be hard to pick up. So I learned to do a lot of jump. I, I got big calves. I can give a big jump. Yeah. But certain guys I work like you, I can't give a jump to because you're already so strong that without muscling me, you're muscling me. Right. right. So if I, if I add my jump to that, I'm going through the fucking roof. Oh yeah. Yeah. So, so the young littler guys know who you're working. Some, especially us with a low center of gravity, some guys you're still going to have to give some help to. So don't think just everybody can muscle you over because you're a littler guy. They can't, Yeah. Um, but some guys can, and those guys you need to know, you just go with it. And that's like, you, you're keeping, you kept me safe. I I trusted my dance with you. So that that, that was the important thing. That that's, that's like the ultimate goal that I tell everyone. Like, Mm -hmm. I mean, I've been in the ring with guys that I don't care for. and But just because I don't care for them doesn't mean that I wouldn't take care of them in the ring. Right. I've never been one of those uh, glory people to try to get revenge that way. I figure right. if we got a problem, we can handle it in the back. I don't need I don't right. need me handle my problems. So. Have you ever had somebody try to handle it in the back with you, though, really? <laughs> No, no, not yet. Let me t- okay, first let me tell people you're you're seeing you're seeing uh, what we would call the shoot version of this gentleman. Um, uh, uh, the monster's a whole different thing. Uh, uh, it's the work version, but it, it's still Cyrus. Cyrus is a teddy bear. He's the nicest guy, one of the nicest I've ever met in pro wrestling. Um, takes care of you in the ring. Takes care of you in the back. Uh, a, a perfect gentleman, polite, but not somebody I would think people would want to fuck with. Like, do people mistake your kindness for weakness at any point? Or has there anybody that thought I might try to test these waters or? Well, you know, I had, I had one guy and this is probably scared the hell out of him more than anything. Yeah. Ring and, you know, he punched me and, and when he did, it was a real punch. He just, yeah. Him right in the nose. It started bleeding. I just smiled at him and uh, he just got, <laughs> dumbfounded look because he thought you know sure enough is he, he mad is he crazy <laughs> he just got everything he had and then after the after the show like he had all his boys around him and they were looking over at me like freaking out like oh god what's oh. about to happen yeah and i walked over there to him and i, I shook his hand and i said that's a good match brother i'm glad i hope you had fun and like he was just you could tell he was scared and his friends, everybody was like, oh, my God. Like, all right, don't fuck with Almost him. got murdered. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it, it's funny how the ego works, isn't it, that, that it, it propels us past our, our normal intelligence of those things. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, a little while after, I told him uh, we were in the back room again. This was a couple years. And I, I let him know that I remembered it. And I, and I told him, I said, Here's the difference. If you would have done that in the back, I would have put you through a wall. <laughs> but you did it out in front of a crowd, so you got your shot. Right. But I had more respect for the show and the crowd than than to react or receipt or. And uh, he just looked at me like, "Oh my God!" And he said he was so sorry. Like he he was like, "Man, I I was just young and stupid. I've learned a lot since then." And and all that. I said, like, no, no, I get it, man. We we right. all do. And I was like, I said, it's fine. And I was like, but you just need to know. <laughs> <laughs> and I asked him then, I said, you want to punch me back here real quick? <laughs> He's like, hell no, dude. He goes, I gave you everything I had. And, and you just looked, smiled at me and laughed. I do. I just don't want you to punch me back. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so is this a free shot offer? Or how's this work? Can I have you sign something? I don't know. I don't yeah, so I mean, I just and I've had some guys they they try to be stiff with me in the ring, and you know I I'll give them a good stiff shot. I'm sorry, geez, you got to call me out right here live on. <laughs> yeah. I think I think the biggest way I get back is uh, chops. You know, yeah. like you know, Japan they love chops, and uh, I remember. Yeah, I was in one of the matches, and I was getting my chops. I probably took close to 10, 10 chops, so then I chopped him one. for Atomic chop, that's what yeah. I would call it. I came down and <sighs> it rode through cork and hall. And 
the crowd was like, oh, God, <laughs> you know. I remember uh, the next show we did, they said, Cyrus, son, um, chops? No, no, it's okay. No. Uh, we not chop you either. <laughs> I love that. I love the people that want to negotiate before a match. They're always like, yeah. so I've seen some video and you throwing some chops and I was thinking, I don't want to take those and uh, we could do something else instead. It's yeah. like, well, no. <laughs> yeah, so it, it it was funny. Like, uh, you know, they it really got them. They... <laughs> That nobody just wanted to be chopped, you know. That, that that's a little bit further in the journey. So let's back it back up now. So after UEW, I guess essentially the really the next place that that we evolved to. And back then, uh, and, and it is to still this day, it, it is certain clickish. But there's this class that you seem to move with, yeah, from place to place. That's that's not only you and I have a connection through these places we're talking about, but so many other guys. Um, so the next place I'm going to talk about is empire wrestling. Yeah. Uh, also have some super great wrestling memories from empire. That's where we had some of our hardcore matches. Um, so, so many uh, evolutions of empire and, and so many interesting stories and, and things that happen. What, what are some of your uh, best memories of empire, things that have happened, people that were there, uh, things like that going into the next part of our career oh man i remember uh i was i was in there with adam jacobs and it was our, our uh it was nice. time for the big blow-off match and uh mm -hmm. so out of nowhere he just he jumped from from the ring and tackled me over the barrier we're we're working and uh he tells me to slam him in the, the roll-up door mm -hmm. and, uh i remember i pick him up and i misread what he said uh -oh. like I mean, he wanted me to just go over there and tap, tap, tap like that to make yeah. that. Well, I, I went over there and I went with force and, and we brought the roll up door down. Like it just, it crushed out. And I remember, I remember looking at him saying, Susan's going to kill me. Like, yeah. I was like, oh man, I'm dead, dude. <laughs> like, and he was like, yeah, I didn't mean to put me through the door. Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, make the noise, make the noise, man. I just needed the noise made. It's like, well, we did make a noise. Yeah, I was like, looking for realism, you know. I mean, I want to really do it. So, but uh, then, uh, golly, that was a lot of fun. And then, what was it? I think Hampton and I, we did something. We set up boards over the ring to the stage, and we did some type yes. of. I'm trying to remember what it was, choke slam, something like that. Well, we both went through it, so yeah. I mean, it was that was pretty big, and and I enjoyed that. It was a lot of fun. Uh, yeah, yeah, putting Hampton through things is a lot of fun. I'll have to agree with that. Yeah, yeah I enjoy it. So, <laughs> <laughs> but Ali, uh, I think um, you know one of the funnest things was is when we did the whole group Illuminati, you know? Yeah, that was a good angle. And and I think like some of my best memories there's they'd put me put us in six mans and stuff with Brandon and Jason and myself and you know that and there's nothing wrong with this, but you know, people a lot of people, some people they'll call a whole match. Yeah, yeah. Then some I'm, people I'm not good I know, at that. I know who some people are. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I, I'm not that great at it. So. No, me either. Three, more than three moves, I'm going to forget. You better be calling it. Yeah, I'm like, well, so finally it got to the point. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I got it. So we're out there the first time, and we're, we're working everything, and they tagged me in. What I do, I remember Corey was in there at the time, and I come in there, and I just start hitting them. Bam, bam, bam. Then I slam them. And you hear Jason, brother, that's not the spot. That's not the spot. <laughs> I look over and I said, I don't care. <laughs> it is now. Yeah. So it got to the point then when we were doing six bands, they would be calling the match and then they'd say, well, we're going to take Cyrus in. He's going to come in, you know, do his big guy stuff, whatever he wants to do, really. And then when he tags back out, we'll go back into these spots. So we'll, we'll, we'll either have him tag out or we'll all attack him and throw him out over or under or something. <laughs> and then while he's on the ground, we're going to do some spots. Yeah, pick him back up, bring him back in, and he's gonna beat us up again. Yeah, but yeah. really, 
that that kind of makes sense anyway. It's it's a good way to do it, right? Yeah, yeah, it is. So, so before we go any further, what is I I I, I was told you love the nickname Biscuit Head. Why? Who did that come from, and why is that? What does that have to do with? That was old uh, Sing Nick there. You know my my good Nick. My my good nickname for him is Kermit the Frog. Kermit the Frog, gotcha. Okay. Calling Kermit. So Kermit. Yeah. So they're just terms of endearment. Yeah. Yeah. We just, you know, we like to give each other hell and stuff. So it's, yeah, it's pretty good stuff. So and I've always liked seeing anyway. He's, he's a good guy in my book. Yeah, he is uh, always positive stuff. Love to read his stuff. Um, yeah. Yep. Definitely. Uh, I never got a chance to work with him, unfortunately, and uh, I'm pretty much done and doing this now. Uh, uh, having a good time, but uh, after Empire, the very next place up that we had uh, was a, a place that, that one of those common guys, uh, uh, Woody, mm-hmm. uh, started uh, GPW, actually started out as, what was it, Deep South? Yeah, DSCW. DSCW, yep. right, and yep. then eventually kind of morphed into the, the GPW. Yeah. Um, that yep was a, a whole new kind of different special to me. Um, um, what was the GPW experience like uh, uh, for you going through that? And then I'll tell a funny little story about main eventing a, uh, a monsters tournament. <laughs> um, I thought it was amazing. Um, I, I loved it. Like there, that's one of those, you know, one of the smaller guys that I feuded with for, it was like a six month angle was torque. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I I go back and I still watch those matches. Like we told such a good story, and then when he finally went over in that final match, like the crowd no longer was behind him. Like they didn't, they would get there where they thought he finally had me, and then I take it away from him. Yes. And then when he finally got it, like the whole building erupted, and that's the way you do it. See, that's that's it's, unfortunately it's not done that way anymore there's not i mean even if you have two or three weeks you you can tell a little bit of a story yeah and 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 back when i was coming up and you were coming up uh you you went to different places but you had i guess what you call a kind of a home spot right Mm -hmm. Uh, that you come back to Uh, it it may exist some today but i think less today than it than it did back then right right and and these places came places for us to uh to come back to Mm mm-hmm and a lot of the things that happened in my career, I want to give another shout out to Greg Hollander or Woody were because of that man. Um, who were some of the mentors and, and people that uh, you kind of wouldn't be Cyrus or where you were at today without it um, personally? So, a lot of them would be uh, Jamie Kyle, um, yeah. Kenny Kenny, of course. Kenny Kenny. Um, whole, you know, Woody, Big Wood, uh, Ted Allen for sure. You know, he helped me a lot. Ted Allen, yeah. Yeah. He, whenever he was on the show, he would, he would come early and he'd work with me for like two hours just showing me stuff, you know? And then, uh, I mean, hey. You're so great at like tightening up your game and, and your, you know, whether it was uh, the mental part of it or the physical part or how to tell a story. Like he was so good at, it tweaking, tweaking you personally, right? Yeah, and I, I remember I had one match where I, I did some huge move, and the guy kicked out, and I got to the back, and I remember Ted coming up to me, and he said, "He said, you know, <clears throat> he goes, I ever see you do something like that again, and not pin the guy and tell him not to kick out? Mm-hmm. He goes, you're going to deal with me, and <laughs> and I was like, oh." So he's like, I don't care what the promoter says or anything. You do something that big, you pin them, it's done. Like, yeah, it's got to be, right? Yeah. I was like, yes, sir. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and a sage wisdom advice because I know, I'm sure when you first started, you know, you want to you want to impress people too. So you, and you have the ability, you're athletic, so you can bump, you can do things. Uh, uh, and I've worked with a lot of bigger guys that wanted to, sell for me way more and I and I had to explain to them why they couldn't and, and, and how we needed to do it to make it make sense. I'm like, if I do all these things to you, then how are people going to believe that you can stand toe to toe with somebody your size if somebody my size you have that much trouble with, you know? Oh exactly. And you know, in my younger days, 
you know, if I wasn't working guys like you and I was inexperienced and I was working other guys, you know, they did want me to bump like crazy and I would just because yeah, I yeah. Would, that, Hey, I can do this. Right. And, right. You know, it, it was just, it was just one of those things. So, you know, that, that was like, you know, Robbie Griffin with UE, like, you know, he talked to me a few times, like he'd said, yeah. he'd speak with me about stuff and, and all that. So he, he, he really kind of took me under his wing, you know, at UPW and, I had a lot of respect for him for it. Yeah, so, yeah. It, Very knowledgeable, uh, him and his dad. Yeah. A lot of those guys around there, Gene the King, and a lot of those old school guys, I think that's kind of what's missing a lot in locker rooms today too is, is there's not as many skinny kinnies and, and woods and, and, and people like that. Um, how Like now you're getting to where you're you're the skinny kinny. You're the – you're the Jamie Kyle. How does it feel to be on the the other side of that now, and and to be more in the mentor veteran role versus, e- even though I know we always still feel like there, like I still feel like there's more I got to learn. I know you still feel like you're young, got more to learn and everything, but still you're you're you know age wise and length wise, you're you're well on that other side. So what does yeah. that feel like being in the locker room and being that person now? Uh, I mean it feels good. Like if you know if there's young kids and stuff that want to listen to you and yeah. and listen to how everything goes and you know the way i always came about it it wasn't i always remembered i didn't ever ask like well did this all look good or anything i'd be like no what did you see that i did wrong that i could improve on right yeah i think that's missing a lot yeah 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 it is and 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 there and there needs to be a balance too i always like a balance uh, I, I'm, I'm going to let you know what I, I felt like. And some stuff is subjective. And I'll let you know that too. This is subjective. This is what I like to see. Other people may disagree with me. You need to find out what works best for you and your character. Uh, uh, but it, it's that same kind of thing. But you also want to say, you know, this other stuff you did, now you did really good. I would keep that in your shit. Like that's like, I don't know if you heard that or not, but that got really over. And you need to know those things too, because especially younger, you're just trying to remember spots. You're trying to think of a different move to do. You're not really, in tune with the crowd yet right right yeah exactly you know and yeah at that time you, you really haven't your character's still developing right and right it, i think that's the biggest thing that I, I tell guys now too it's yeah you went out there and did all this really cool stuff but i never once saw the fake yeah once saw you connect with anyone out there yeah and i was like it don't have to be anybody particular like no you can go out there and be a hill without even you don't have to put down anybody in the crowd. Mm-hmm. You can just be a jerk and just look at a look at people with a shit eating grin and they don't yeah. hate they hate you then. They're like, you yeah. know what? Yeah. For you, buddy. Just but, a little bit of a condon you know, condemnation and, and you just yeah, you, you pick it up. A lot of people I forget there's two things that it, it, that's a, I think can be missing a little bit. I, I watch matches and see pictures of different holds and stuff is it's people selling it with their faces, the facial expressions, and, and how important it is for, for those to come through to tell, tell the story. And the other thing is selling on offense. Like, everybody thinks of selling, they think just on defense, but you really got to sell on offense, too. If I'm throwing a punch, I got I got to sell it. You got to buy it. You know, if, I, if I'm anything, a hold, anything, I've, I've still got to sell that. And a lot of guys are so stiff on, on, on the selling of the other side. Yeah. Yeah, they kind of – they kind of forget of selling on the offensive side. It, you know, it's one of those switches. I, I don't know. I, my music starts, I flip a switch and then you're getting a monster, you know? Uh, so I go out there and I think, you know, one of my favorite things to show facial expressions and sell is when I get them in the corner and I, I start punching them in the stomach and finally they, they sit down then, I start with the gorilla slams. Right. And I'm screaming during that. Yeah. Yeah. Trying to make it look like as psychotic as ever. Like in your pictures, you can see it, you see the facial expressions. And that's if I had a a, a photographer friend of mine kind of joke with me about how, how camera ready we were. And it's true because we're always waiting for the lens, whether it's the lens of somebody's eye on us or a camera or a, (laughs) <laughs> so we can sell to it. Like we really need to have something to, to, to sell to. So that's really why I think we're so good 
at doing stuff like that. And, and you need to be, is there anything else you see that, that kind of makes the, it not so magic nowadays that you wish people were still doing or, or, or wish people didn't do or. Man. Well, kayfabe's way gone. <laughs> yeah. 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 But, but it's still possible at the highest levels of talents. You can still work people, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. I've, I've had plenty of matches where we worked people and they were like, are y'all okay? Cause like, and you even, you work the workers like in the yeah. back. I think y'all really worked. Yeah. And it's like, it happens. yeah, we were good. We were just, we we're just wrestling. <laughs> so yeah. yeah, it feels good when you can get people to believe that. I love that when people, you know, you kind of feel bad cause you know, they're worried about you, but it, it still feels good when they do ask you that in the back, right? They're like you all right. What's what happened? What's wrong? What's, yeah, they, they thought I wanted to kill this guy one time. Oh, Talon and I, we did a thing, and they thought I wanted to kill him at the end. I threw a chair at him like while he was outside. Oh, wait, did you, though? What? want to kill him. <laughs> yeah. I heard John, I was like, maybe this is a shoot, and he's just trying to play it off. Yeah, I didn't really want to kill him. But I remember I threw that chair at him. I caught him a little puck, and I told him, right. I ass back in the ring. And, and yeah. like, crowd actually believed that. I was wanting to hurt him. And then mm -hmm. the guy in the back thought they were going to have to hold me off of him. Like, they thought I was really that pissed. Like, uh oh, we better, yeah, get some guys together. Yeah, yeah. So I, I, I love that. And it's the same thing with magic. Like, I know how most close up magic is done, but my son Tony was so good at close up magic that even though I know how it was done, I respected it. It was fun to watch because of the skill level. And it's the same thing with pro wrestling. I get into it sometimes and it suspends my disbelief still if, if it's, if it's good, if it's a well-told story, if it's well-crafted, then then I get into it just as much as anybody else, which around the time I came in, it seemed to be a thing, especially for veterans, pretend like they hated wrestling. <laughs> you know, it's like, I'm, yeah, I'm here again. Uh, you know, I hate to be here. It's like, you, you fucking love it. Quit quit playing. Right. right. Um, uh, uh, I guess this is jumping ahead a little bit. So we, we went through UEW, Empire, GPW, uh, a lot of great memories in all those places. When and how do you find out the first time that you're going to be going to Japan and what did that feel like? Man, that was crazy. Um, Stunny and Kaz, Hayashi, they came to uh, One Fall Power Factory, which is now the Nightmare Factory. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Michael and I were talking, QT. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, he was like, I think you should really try out for it. And, yeah. you know, I, I'd still tell everybody, it was the night before the trial at a show. And, and I, I told him, I was like, man, I don't think I'm going to do it. Like, I was like, I I just don't, you know, I don't think that, you know, I might not be the guy that they're looking for, you know. Right. QT was like, he said, can I be honest with you? And I was like, yeah. And it sunk with me ever since then. He said, he goes, I think, I think what it is is that you're afraid of, um, success more than failure. Like you Absolutely. don't fail. And I'm like, right. He's like, he's like, but the success, the strenuous that it puts on you and your family, you have to travel then. Mm -hmm. to, but you're getting you step up your level. You have to step up your game. Success can be scary. Is scary, if not more scary than failure, for sure. Yeah. So I, uh, you know, I, I I listened to him, and then I got home, and I, I just thought about it throughout the night. I, I woke up early, and I was like, all right, I'm going. And uh, I just, I grabbed my stuff, got in the truck, took off, and I showed up. Of course, I was the last one there because, you know, I was late, of course. Yeah. <laughs> but they hadn't started anything yet. I remember QT messaged me, and I was like, man, I'm almost there. I sent a picture of the traffic because I was having to go through some stupid traffic, and I was like, I didn't want yeah. to, you know, he's joshing me or whatever. So I, I um, Went in there and signed it, and Sonny looked at me the first time. He's like, you ever been to Japan? I was like, no, sir. And um, so we do the tryout, and uh -huh. there's guys there. And, you know, I'm thinking, I'm looking at these guys that are, like, freaking shredded, you know, like six-packs, you know, they look they look good. They look legit, you know. That's like professional wrestler, you know. And uh, so they put us in matches, and they only wanted, like, three-minute matches, or whatever uh -huh. and i remember the guy and i that were talking i, I told him 
I said, I just want to do two things. I said, I want to do the Vader bomb and a fall away. Yes. I learned that I want to sell like, you know, I want to sell the facial features and stuff. Right. And he goes, all right. And you know, he did his stuff and I was doing mine. We, we told the story. We ended it. I think we ended it at like four thirty six or something like that. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Kaz seemed like he was smiling the whole time I was working because like, even on like when I have someone in that head hold and I give that face yeah. and I was connecting with him, like making the eye contact. Yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, Hey. And, um, you know, after it was all done, they deliberated for about 30 minutes or so. And we're standing there and, you know, the first guy they call is Trevor Aaron and, uh, mm-hmm. and familiar with him. Yeah. And I, and I was thinking to myself, I was like, well, hell, I, you know, I gave it my best. So, and I felt good. And then when they called my name, I was stunned. Like and I was legit just like, what? It was your next thought like, okay, now what? Yeah. Yeah. Cause you weren't expecting that. So when it did, like it was so unexpected. Now you've got to change your mindset set like in, in an instant, right? Yeah. I mean, but seriously, like I, I remember getting in the ring and like, you know, um, tears literally came to my eyes because I, I was so happy to, to have accomplished that and that they yeah. saw in me to, to move me forward. Cause I, w- I was still, like I'm still growing muscle, but I wasn't mm-hmm. like, super level yet. <laughs> right, right. But um, you know, it was just very humbling, and mm-hmm. and I absolutely loved it. And then uh, it was just surreal, you know. Like you're just okay. And and, you, and you've been like that. I'll have to tell people all the way back to UEW. You were that same way. You were just kind of scared of success, like. Yeah. Like you, you felt real comfortable where I'm at, uh, you know, you, you will actually work your way up to comfortable and then you kind of want to sit there and then somebody I think will come egg you along a little bit and push you yeah. up that next level is kind of how it happened. Right. Yeah. Because I mean, you get used to being a big fish in a little pond and then finally someone's like, no, you need to come to this bigger pond with these bigger I'm fish. This good, but maybe not that good, <laughs> right. but you are. And I've, I've, you know, it, it People hearing it now aren't going to understand, but but you know because we had talks way back then. But I've been telling you since day one, like like this is for you. You got the look, you got the charisma, you got you know you, you move so uh, poetic in the ring for a big guy. Like you have uh, uh, everything that I would think a promoter, uh, old school, new school, or in between would want. Like you could really work in, like you said, with with anybody, and, and it's great. Uh, not just to see you make it because I, I know you could if you wanted to, but to see you finally have the confidence and, and, and push through and, and, and do it. Um, how does it feel now that you're on the other side? Like, what's the next step for Cyrus after this? And uh, it honestly be getting back over to Japan for real. Like, I'm ready to get is that there. close to happening do you know how close is that? i'm not familiar with their country and where they're at with coronavirus yet i know ours is opening up and stuff but originally we were supposed to go back in july and but with the whole virus and all that they're not even letting foreign spectators in for the olympics or anything that's right but yeah I do remember that, so um they're thinking now maybe september october maybe so okay okay so, well, I mean, that's still something to look forward to. So the people, yeah, yeah uh, because uh, until then, do you have dates coming up in America now that some shows are opening up? Or oh yeah, yeah, AMLs, you know, they're kicking back full full force. Uh, Southern Honor Wrestling, they're kicking up. Uh, I've got some show dates in Savannah, um, and then uh, I've got Villarica coming up. So I'm, and then uh, soon. Wildcats coming back in Louisiana. So, I'll where all can people find you like online and stuff? Are you, I guess you're pretty much on all social media, right? Facebook, yeah. Yeah, you just Cyrus or Quarter. You can look up Cyrus McCorder and you can get that linked up. Facebook, Instagram. Um, I'm not on Twitter a ton, but uh, yeah, on TikTok a lot, you know. So, I like to do just- little dances. Yeah, yeah, that's because there's nothing. <laughs> look, 
I would buy a pay-per-view that was nothing but you doing TikTok dances. Yes, yes, I, I would do so, it. <laughs> you can even do OnlyFans, but instead of being naked, it's just you doing TikTok dances. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You, you'd be the richest guy ever. <laughs> yeah, I do. Like, I get on there and I do like uh, just, you know, my powerlifting stuff. Yeah. You know, just the show. Which I, I tease you endlessly about online, but it's so fucking impressive. It's crazy. Like if you've ever seen any of the world's strongest man, uh, the stuff he does is not just uh, uh, bench press and stuff. He's, he's pulling fucking cars and walking around doing farmer's carries with, what was that, like nine billion pounds or something like that? <laughs> No, that was that was only like four fifty. So oh, oh well, only four fifty. So that was like what warm up for you or you know, I just I get to go in and I make sure I get at least thirty steps in before I put it down. So <laughs> So I've recently moved up to thirty pound kettlebells to do my farmer carries. Um that's a total of sixty for y'all that uh having trouble with the math. Yeah. Um which he was just talking about, yeah, four fifty, uh, you know, whatever. And <laughs> I just want to give you guys some comparisons so you understand what we're talking about. And uh, I'm very proud of myself for hitting that 30 pounds and, and being able to carry it. I, I'm back to the point where uh, it's only one trip from the, the car to the refrigerator pulling in groceries, which is what every man needs to do to be a man, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, man, I can grab all them bags. Yeah. <laughs> and then you put stuff and you're just walking. You're like, I got this. <laughs> Well, I can grab all the bags. You could actually pick up the car and set it inside if you needed to. <laughs> I'm just going to hold the car. Y'all go ahead and grab the groceries out, and I'll set it back. Yeah, it's, you know, that was just something that uh, that's really helped me is focusing on being stronger. Like, yeah, you know, I yeah. tell people I, was, I wasn't never meant to be a skinny guy and, and uh -huh. ripped. And it's just I'm not – my genetics are not for that. Therefore uh, – just being strong, you know, and just being big and thick. Yeah. And, so. I, and I don't think it needs to be, I don't think, I don't, it, and, it, and it may be, I'm not a promoter. I, I've never talked to some of those bigger promoters, but I don't think unless your name is, you know, starts with Vince and ends with McMahon that, that that's necessarily a, a end all be all because there's like, you know, some of the guys we mentioned, so many talented guys weren't weren't built like that, but it didn't take away from their athleticism or their talent or their their, their storytelling ability in the ring. Um, yeah. I mean, look which at how, is what I talk about. Yeah. Abdullah Butcher, man, that guy, people were legit scared of that guy. Yeah, yeah. And he's such a good guy. R.I.P. recently passed New Jack. Yeah, yeah. Yep. About believability. You know, the boys in the back got nervous when he was going to be in the dressing room. Yeah. Yeah, they did, didn't they? <laughs> uh, yeah, I was on a couple of shows with New Jack, and uh, like he was, he was a super cool guy. I mean, yeah, that's you, you could tell. I think the reason he did some of the stuff he did was because it pissed him off that these guys thought they knew everything. The egos that sometimes are attached to yeah. some of these guys, right? Especially on these local shows that are doing the exact same show you are, but yet they still would look down on you. It's like, really? Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's mm, I don't know. <laughs> Especially a guy like you, because, you you, you know, a, a, a guy like me, you know, they could, they had a tough enough dude, they could put him over me if I refuse. Like, you're, you're literally giving them a blessing if you decide to put somebody over. So, just even a lot of guys won't respect that fact that, that you're the kind of gift that you're giving them. They don't understand the rub or the, like I said, like if I was a starting guy today, I, I wouldn't care about beating you or anything else. I would just want to just, I would just want to make you sell a tiny bit at some point in time in the match. Like yeah. that's how, like, I would want you to murder me the rest of the time. And then maybe the next time, maybe just, just a little bit more, just, just enough to be noticeable. Till we built up to something to where um, you still beat me throughout that match, but then the, the match I go over, like you were talking about, and then now now there's a reasoning behind it. Now there's a you worked up to it. You didn't just now now you still look great because it took me 15 times to beat you and all this. You know I'm, I probably had to come up some hocus pocus whether I was a face or a, 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 a heel. So so the story makes sense, but mm -hmm. uh, uh, doing well, something like that. Uh, uh, what, what is your favorite kind of, of match storyline to work? Like that's one of my favorite uh, long-term. 
Uh, yeah, I would say to do, to be that physical part, like at the beginning, mm-hmm. just unstoppable. And then each time you figure out a different way to to bring me. Then finally, there at the end, you're able to put everything together. Right. Finally cool. over. So. Right. If I'm a veteran over, or if you're, you know you're young enough, you don't need to be over yet. Then you just get off a big move, or maybe you yeah. get your special move on him and get a two count. You know those things are so underrepresented for how it's the little things in pro wrestling, right? Yeah, it really yeah. is. It's the little things that that count and matter. I mean, that, that I think that was like um, even with uh, Wildcat wrestling. I remember <laughs> Cox and them. They came down to Cornelia. Uh-huh. We're running a Wildcat show there. <laughs> Luke put me up against uh, Buku, and this dude's awesome. Like, one of the best workers I've seen. Um, Luke was like, hey, I know we're in your hometown, so I'm pretty sure you're wanting to go over. And I said, I said, no. I said, actually, I want him to go over. I want to show you that I can work as a big man and put a smaller guy over. Right, that, but I can make it look good. Yeah, and I, and I told him, I said, that way you'll give me a chance at Wildcat. Mm-hmm. And as soon as I done that, I was on the next Wildcat show. Wow. I was on another show. Like, and, you know, Luke wanted to start building me and then the coronavirus happened. And, Man. you know, he got me in touch with Brian, with uh, Brian and Tracy, with uh, AML. Yeah. At WrestleCade. And I think that was one of the coolest things. I got to be uh, Muda's private security that weekend. Oh, Wow. <laughs> Yeah, Sonny called me up and asked me to. Well, just being with Sonny is cool to me because I remember from way back in the day, too. So yeah. maybe some of the newer guys may not know who that is and stuff. But for me, like I was as soon as I seen that, I was like, oh, this is this is perfect. Like that is a perfect fucking manager for him. And for him to go do the Japan thing, it's like it's perfect. It's like the universe knew what the hell it was doing with you, brother. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I, you know, I was very fortunate and, and blessed on that. So that that I feel. But uh yeah, it was it was a lot of fun, um, but you know all that opened the doors up for me. So you know this is this year will be um, I'm with I'm with uh, AML for the foreseeable future, and okay. like I'm already. Yeah, can they be seen? Do they have anything on YouTube or the Fight TV or anything like that right now? Or I'm not sure yet, but I do know that I am booked for uh, for WrestleCade with them. So. Okay. So you know, and that's, that's a great show. Who who I was going to be on that show with you? Do do you remember? Do you know any uh, names or? I I don't right now because it, it's still like they're still working on it and still in production, pre production. It, it's it's if you love wrestling, it's one of the best weekends ever. Like it's a Friday, yeah. Sunday, and it's and it's an event. It's an event, not just a match. It's an event, it's right? Huge. They have they usually on the Saturday. They usually have a huge sign in event. So that's like when Muda was there, Bubba, I mean, like Devon, no, Bubba Ray, he was there, you know, like Atlas was there, all these yeah. people. Um, well, I feel but, like you're on the precipice. So if people have an opportunity to come get to see you live or to come get your autograph, like I would suggest doing it now uh, uh, while it's a lot easier to get to because I just feel like at some point, uh, and how does that feel to you to be to be at that point now? you just feel like the same or is it feel any different or it, it feels good it feels good to be like to be real humble about it too yeah yeah like remembering where i came from yeah i think that's the most important thing yeah i don't, I don't doubt that and you know, i don't think that would ever be a problem for you anyway you have such a great character so i really think that uh that shows through and who you are and and through your behavior yeah and you know, if, if I could give any worker advice mm-hmm. in wrestling, do not air your dirty laundry on social media. On social media, yeah. Golly, what? <laughs> promoters will not book you. <laughs> no. So, so let me ask you this: in that same vein, if if you could go back and talk to a, I don't know, a fifteen, a thirteen, a twelve, a ten-year-old Cyrus. What advice would this Cyrus give to that person? Uh, just, uh, I mean, stay humble and respectful. Like, I, right. mean, I, I, I was pretty much raised that way my whole life with my mama. You yeah. Know, if 
I got out of line, I got smacked. So, you know, you right. learn. <laughs> you learn you don't yeah, mess you with mama. That word, yeah. yeah. I still get people, they, you know, they don't get offended, but, you know, I'll, I'll say, yes, sir, yes, ma'am. And they're like, right. Well, no. Or even if they're younger than me, and they're like, I'm younger than you. I'm like, I don't care. It just it comes you, out. I, I term of respect. Yeah, out. it's just a term of respect. Yeah. It's not an age thing. People take it as an age thing, but it, it's truly not. It's just. Yeah, it's it's all forms of respect. So usually that wears into people and they're like, okay, all right. So. I, yeah, I was I, raised I by a single mother, so I know all about that stuff, too. It's you, You're raised a gentleman for sure. Yeah, so it, that, that was the biggest thing. So, I mean, I you know I just like to tell everybody you know it's it's a work, <laughs> it's not real. Yeah, and and it gets and I never thought of it before, but but I kind of get it more now than I did them because I used to say the same thing. You know, it's like it's a work, guys. Come on, I think some guys there's just so much passion and there's so much um, method to it. You know. Mm-hmm. A lot of guys, it is so much like they are turned up that it's hard to separate who the shoe guy is from the work guy. Do you ever have that problem, or is it just a switch for you and you're just your sires one minute and now you're the monster the next? That, that's how it goes. Honestly, it's just that switch. I, I turn it off when when I leave. I'm not turning on when I'm working out, you know, because it gets right. me, but but other than that, it's it's honestly that switch. It's, it's yeah. like. But, you know, that's my escape. Like, I've always told everyone, I've wrestled in front of five people before, and uh-huh. and I still gave them the same thing as being in front of 500. Yeah. Or more. Uh, just because those people. Buy the ticket just like the other people did, right? Worked all week. And yeah. They could have went to the movies. They could have uh-huh. went. But they decided to come see us. Yeah. So, you know, I. I find it disrespectful when guys in the back were like, well, there ain't a big crowd, so we ain't doing nothing. Yeah. It's like, no, you don't have, you can't have that mindset. You, you want and uh, help them because you don't know if they've had just a horrible week at work and, and you go out there and you change them and they get, you know, happy and all that. I mean, yeah. It's like and to be able to give them the same relief that you receive from wrestling. Cause that's, that's really what we're trying to do, right? We're trying to complete the cycle. We, we grew up and it, and it brought us out of whatever we need to be brought out of when we were watching it and probably still does to some extent. Um, Cause there's always things that happen in life, but, but that's, that's really our goal in the ring, right? Is to, is to make them experience that, that, that just being away for a minute, right? Yeah. Yeah. Everybody has to have those escapes. I mean, that's why we do watch movies or, TV shows that that way we can escape reality for just that little bit and yeah you know it's you know it's great medicine for our minds and I mean really good for mental health like mm-hmm. to do that stuff yeah and too like you know I, I have a huge heart for kids uh you know I love kids all that like when I was younger I was bullied as a kid and mm-hmm. all that and then uh, you know I finally just said enough's enough one day so. Yeah, I love being around those kids and letting them know like they can do anything they can put their mind to. Right. Oh, so I just I've got a big heart for that, and that's at the end of the day that is that was what it's all about. And I think a lot of people forget that when it comes to everything from Christmas to pro wrestling is that it, it's about both the kids chronologically and the kids within ourselves. And as long as you like, I tell people if you if you really want to get back to love and wrestling, watch it with like a five year old, a six year old. Oh yeah, yeah. Don't I mean, watch it with marks. Don't watch it with you know, people that want to pick apart every tiny little thing. It's like, can we just enjoy it? And, and you know, I think some of the greatest compliments I've ever gotten was when people would uh, say, "Man, I don't, you know, this is the first wrestling show I ever been to. I don't even like it. I don't even like wrestling, but man, it was so much fun watching you. Yeah, like, like you got you got me involved. Yeah." And, and did I go out there and do a ton of stuff? No, I just no. I got the crowd involved. I wanted to entertain them. So you I, made them. Yeah, we were talking about the 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 third man, but there, there's a fourth man too. There's four components to a match going off like it needs to be. Whether there's five or five hundred people in the crowd, you got the crowd. You, you, you got the, both workers, and you got the referee. Yeah, right. 
And if any one of those components is off, it can throw everything off. You want to bring those people on that ride with you. And too many wrestlers are just, they're at an amusement park. They're going on the ride, but they're not connecting with anybody outside of the ride that they're on. Yeah. We were trying to pop the boys in the back or, which is fine too. I understand that. And the, and the, and the, the, the feeling that comes from your peers appreciating your work. But when it comes down to it, it's for the fans and you need to kind of make them a part of your story. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You, you need to bring it into them. Like, you know, to yeah. Even places where I'm a heel, it's funny. I'll be a heel and, you know, I come out and whatever. And mm-hmm. like, kids want to meet me because it's like, he's so big and I want to get my picture with Cyrus because he's, he looks crazy. And, you know, it, it feels good. It lets me know that I told a good story. You know? I think kids too. I think even though somebody more, more my age looking at you on like some of those pictures and stuff that like, you're just this scary guy. I think kids are better at picking up on vibes of people. And I think they just pick up that, you know, in real life, you're a teddy bear and that you're, 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 you're safe, you know? Yeah. I think they really pick up on that vibe. So, so that's yeah. cool when, when the kids really like your stuff and feel that way about you, even when you're healing stuff. Oh yeah. And I love it. Like everybody comes up and I always say, man, you, you're like the young Vader. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah. You're, you're like such a mix of these, all, all these guys, you have a little bit of their talent to you're, you're more complete than any one of them are. That's why it's really hard to compare you to any one of them without using several, because you know, you're not, you're so complex. But, you know, that's even like you go back to the UEW days when everybody were like, well, who trained you? I'm like, well, I was a, I was a Han 57 guy. Right. Like, Love everybody. The guy that brought me in, he told me, he said, man, I can't wrestle worth a crap, but I can bump. Yeah. He goes, tell you how to bump. And he goes, and then you'll have to just pick up on everybody else. Uh-huh. Because there's something to learn from everyone. And, yeah, yeah. I, and I took that very strong. I was like, okay, you got it. And mm-hmm. Sure enough, that's what I started doing. <laughs> and, that, and that's how I ended up being complete. Well, man, yeah. uh, I have super enjoyed having you on the program. I know everybody's going to enjoy seeing you. Um uh, a thing I tell all of my guests at the end of the day is uh, you gave me the gift of time. And I think that's the most precious gift that you can give somebody. So I appreciate you giving uh, us a gift of your times. So I know you're a busy guy. I know you got, you know, work and wrestling and family and, and the dog and everything. So thank you so, so much for uh, being on the show, brother. Yes, sir. I appreciate it. And uh, I love you. And I hope you all the success in the world. And, um, uh, if you'll just uh, hang out, I'll uh, get rid of you on here, but then I'm going to holler at you on the phone right quick to, to wrap up some stuff. But, man, thank you so much. Is there anything you want to tell anybody about anything coming up or anything you just want to say before you go? No, I'm, I'm just uh, – I'm, I'm privileged to be able to, to wrestle for, like, any fans watching this or anything. I, you know, uh, thank you. Thank you for buying tickets and uh, – you know, support indie wrestling. Yeah. And if you see me on Facebook, like I said, you'll probably see him, uh, see me give him a hard time. That's because we're friends, but uh, I, in real life, I have the utmost respect for this man um, as both a man and a professional wrestler. So if you get the opportunity, then go see him. Uh, thanks everybody for watching another edition of chronic conversations. Our very first live crap cast. Woo-hoo! We made it through uh, Jen, you want to say goodbye to everybody. See ya. Love you guys. Thank you so much. El Matador, she's she's reading me the news. Okay, all right, we'll wrap it up and we'll talk to you guys later. Thanks so much. Bye bye.